0: I believe, into my Teddy Pendergrass microphone, I'm going to say it, I believe that God causes conflict to train us. You're listening to the Coach and Joe podcast, conversations on friendship with God. Welcome to Coach and Joe. My name is Chad. Uh, (laughs) You sounded uncertain. Well, I am looking up a passage. We <laughs> pastor of Bridgeway Church, author of uh, "Mama Jane's Secret" about friendship with God. This is Joe. He's a Yankee, came here from California. It's an odd, odd thing. Play football at Michigan. He fishes, and he's doing a good job on this podcast. All right, I am going to read a verse and jump right in to this. This, this is uh, this is right around Easter, and I think this is just a great. Great. How close to Easter is this? Easter Monday. Easter Monday. That's a thing though, huh?
1: It is on my calendar on, from my phone.
0: Easter Monday. Easter Monday. Was it like the day after the resurrection? Another 20 years, it'll turn into Easter week. Of course, I guess every, when it comes to Easter, every, every day is resurrection Sunday. Okay. Come on. Psalm 144. One. Praise be to the Lord, my rock, who trains my hands for war. Oh, jeez. My fingers for battle. Uh, is it possible that God initiates conflict in our lives to train us not allow it? Is it possible that God initiates conflict? Yes. <laughs> All right. Uh, let me. You probably don't know this about me, but I have a borderline obsession with reading with reading war books, books of generals. Uh, let's see if it's any down here.
1: You have, a, you have a war helmet. Uh, right here, General
0: Patton, A Patriot's History of the United States, uh, a book on cheese, a book on Alexander Hamilton, <laughs> Up Fearless. Uh, anyway, I love, and I, I love watching documentaries on Navy SEALs.
1: Oh, they're, those guys are awesome. Yeah, I wanted and, to be a SEAL for a while.
0: Yeah, oh, yeah. I did for like 10 minutes and thought it through. But I could see you being a SEAL. They're awesome. But uh, even, I hate to admit this, but because uh, the language is so bad but I actually loved it I, I even read David Goggin's book did it was, you It's 18 hours I shouldn't say hate to admit this but I mean the language is rough if you were to do that little bleep machine on audible the whole book you, just, you would listen to bleep 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 for 18 hours but I love it and c- can you imagine us as a country sending a young man or woman into war without taking them through basic training it would never happen. Do you know to become a seal? It is borderline insane what they have to do. Do you know anything about it? Oh yeah, yeah. They're they're crazy. Crazy. Yeah. What is the purpose? Praise be the Lord, my rock, who trains my hands for war. How was David trained for Goliath?
1: Yeah. Um, a lot of, a lot of ways. I mean, the thing he stood on is, well, God led me to slay the lion and to slay the bear. So why wouldn't I be able to slay the Philistine? You want to know what's funny about that passage? And I and I realized this the other day when we were in staff meeting. Um, because the thing David pointed out was that Goliath wasn't circumcised. He said it twice. He said, "Who is this uncircumcised Philistine?" What he was pointing out was this guy has no covenant with God. He does not know God. So why are we afraid? You know. And from that place, from from intimacy with God. So even that Psalm one forty four passage. The training, the the, the God who's getting you ready for battle, he's your father, right? Like he's your daddy, your Abba father, your dad. The covenant is there. But from that place, it's like, well, what are you going to do with it? What are you going to do with the fact that you're so loved by God in all of your ways?
0: Can I tell you what drives drives me nuts? I I just want to hear your thoughts on this. I've pastored, I've been doing ministry 22 years. I've been pastoring this church for seven years, I think. A lot of people believe in that Jesus exists to get me out of tension, right? I know he's the Prince of Peace, but we find peace in the middle of calamity. It says here, he, he trains my hands for war. If you see Jesus as a rabbit's foot to get you out of stuff and just to bring you peace, you've already lost because he actually leads us to peace, which is himself. Through rough waters. I'm telling you, I am I am more here now than I even was a year ago. Forget the word allow. Put that on the shelf. I'm not talking about allow. God, I believe, into my Teddy Pendergrass microphone, I'm going to say it. I believe that God causes conflict to train us, to train both parties. And typically, it's conflict between people. And typically, it's conflict between uh, people in Christ. Oh, mm-hmm. I have noticed over the. You, you probably never heard this lady's story, uh, Mariah Woodworth Etter. You never heard of oh, her? Oh no, no, I have. Was she, was she in God's journals? Yeah, she yeah. was. She was. They tried to kill her three times. Mm-hmm. Three times. Everywhere she went, what she she caused so much conflict. And she realized the older that she got, all all it was doing was producing a treasure chest inside of her, of intimacy with the Father. I've never been more thankful in my life than God showing me of what he causes in our in our in our lives. In terms of conflict, it's actually it's nothing but training. Mm-hmm. It's one thing for me to be abiding when there when there is no tough thing to overcome. It's a higher level of glory when you can abide when it, when it doesn't when things don't seem right.
1: It's an honor because because if you if you're a born again person there's going to be a day where there's no longer a chance to give god the glory through suffering because he's actually taking that away from us. So so as long as we're breathing on this side of eternity. What an honor it is when we go through trials. Because it's the only time for all of eternity that it's going to happen. Interesting. You know what I mean? But we get into it and it's like, "Well, where are you, God? Like I want my my hit my hit of god's fix right now." Like, n- "Hold on." Like, "What if, if we don't see every obstacle is as a, as a chance to know him more. And to, Jesus in Matthew 11, it says that the kingdom of heaven is forcefully advancing, that the violent men are taking it by force. This, this thing's a war down here, but this war is going to be over. Right? And we already know, that, spoiler alert, Jesus wins. Jesus won. Jesus is winning. But to let his kingdom come on this earth means to partner with him in doing that, which also means having to come up against things in order to see that
0: done. Can I say this? So I, I lead, I'm the lead pastor at Bridgeway. I, I'm the one that worked with Will Hart to get Heidi here and Will here. And we're going to do our fourth table conference this year. And I've been on uh, two of Darren Wilson's movies, some of the TV shows and probably do some stuff in the future. Can I just tell you what I think is really, really dangerous? If, if you're coming to these conferences or events or watching these movies to escape, uh, to, to, to find some sort of peace from the chaos of life, we're already behind the eight ball because here's why. People need to run towards seasons of conflict as much as they do to these conferences when these famous ministers come in. You're actually groomed. You're groomed in the shepherd's field moment. You're groomed. I'm thinking of Juliana Battenfield right now who, who's my wife and I mentored for a season and she, she came up through Bridgeway and now she's a uh, a lawyer in Florence, South Carolina, she she was groomed through through a long season of like, God, what, what what are you doing in me? You're groomed through the question seasons. You're you're groomed when when you're not sure, like God, are me and you okay anymore? Like Israel was birthed out of a wrestling match with Jacob and Jesus. Mm-hmm. And I, I'm just simply saying if we're not careful, we're we're gonna think that he trains our hands for war on uh, in some sort of vehicle void of conflict. I, I'm telling you, I think that pain and conflict is is the father's greatest instrument of teaching. We have such a weak view of suffering that we see a season. Here we go. Of like my wife and I, uh, we have been through a season of just an unusual amount of gossip and slander. My perspective has changed over the last six months, Joe.
1: I, I actually can tell that it has.
0: It has changed. Even something know. manifested today, and I'm like, you know what? Father, I thank you. I thank you for that person, uh, and I, I bless that person, and I thank you for what you're teaching me. I, what what felt like, I'm just getting this word right now, what felt like a hot oil that was burning me is starting to feel like that, that stuff you put on your skin. You were talking the other day, you, you put the lotion on? Yeah, yeah coconut oil, yeah. Coconut oil, and you were like, you need to do this. And I'm like, I'm not really a coconut oil type person, but it's starting to feel that way. I'm saying, I'm telling you this from my own life. I've never been through, I never thought I would go through six months of gossip and slander against me, my family. I never saw it coming. I never, more than that. The Lord's reminded me right now. He's just showing me it's it, 10 months. I never saw it coming. Even though he told me it was coming, I guess I just didn't, didn't believe it as much. But here's what I'm trying to say. It's becoming moisturizer to me and my connection with God. Mm-hmm. Like maybe the fact that God has you, perhaps I'm seeing a picture of a student right now and you're like, why am I studying this? Why am I going through this? I hate studying this. It's it's those things that God calls you to, not allows. Stop saying that so much around here. The things that God is initiating in my life that feel like they're going to kill me, after a while, it becomes a tenderizer. Yeah. I'm more tender towards people. I'm more tender with him. I'm more dependent upon him he trains us for war in a simulation of war like goggins in his book the navy seals they feel like they're in a war before they go to a war the war the war is over
1: we already win and so this this life is the simulation right so like we're not we're not contending for jesus to be able to be the messiah like he is you know what I mean? That's good news. Like the good news is, is that it's already done. You know what I mean? It's finished. Like we're we're in a different position than Peter was when Jesus was walking with him, because Jesus still had an objective to complete, right? Like we're on the back end. We see it for what it is. Yet we still get so confused amidst the war, amidst the simulation, amidst the honestly. And these are these are giving. These are for our benefit in the end. These are these are because he wants to throw. He wants to give us things. Like he wants to shower blessing upon us eternally.
0: You know what the father's showing me right now that I he's never shown me before? You know what was one of his son's greatest gifts? I have never read this or seen this till right now. One of the Lord's greatest gifts to groom him was God gave him a half brother in James that didn't believe in him. Wow. One of the greatest gifts was Nazareth, a town of four hundred people, drug him to the top to to of him. the hill to try to kill him. Closest people. What 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 seemed what seemed miserable at first became the instrument that would groom Jesus into his ultimate sacrifice. See, the Lord had many deaths before the cross, many deaths. Matter of fact, I can't prove this, but he showed me one night. He embraced that cross. He had been through so many deaths. Yeah, He embraced that cross. He's about to be with his father. And as just graphically horrific it was, uh, to to our five senses of, of what we could just imagine what it would have been like for him to be hanging there and not even look human. He went through many deaths. Many. Herod tried to kill him first couple of years. He had to flee from his own country. No one believed in him. He goes into the desert after he hears an audible voice. When he comes out of the desert for three years, all he faces, we hate you, we hate you, we don't believe in you. Israel is still 1% Christian. They still don't honor him in his homeland. What I'm saying is this. The, the What the Father is grooming us for, it may seem like it's about to kill us. It actually becomes an aroma, an incense of praise that goes back up to the Father because you don't take any of it personally. And Jesus says, you know what? I kind of would like James to believe in me, but Father, if this, is, if this is your will for me, I accept this. And then, boom, somehow resurrection power hits it. 30 years after the ascension, James becomes super apostle, the apostle of all apostles. What I'm simply saying is this. He grooms us for war in the middle of war. And it's it's really not even about us in the first place. This is Luke nine twenty three. If anyone wants to be my disciple, just let him deny himself. And see, you don't you're not tempted to deny yourself on vacation. Like in other words, it's it's a bigger deal to deny yourself when you're trying to self protect. It's you know if if you come in here wanting to punch me, I'm going to cover up. Mm-hmm. But here's the way of the kingdom. I'm going to open up. And when I start to open up, that's when a power starts to hit my life. What do you hear me or God saying? Yeah, so
1: much. I, it's awesome. I mean, I hear God. I I, I had a, I have a story. Eight months ago, I was in my basement. I had a long day. I was in my basement and about to go to sleep, and I started weeping, cr- hard, crying hard. And and that's odd for me. Like I just don't do that often. I. He's working on my, I, I'm excited that more tears are coming, but I, it was, it caught me off guard, but I was weeping because I realized that I wouldn't die for him. <laughs> like, like at that point in my life, physical, like physical punishment to me. And, and, and here's the deal in America. We don't understand because we're not persecuted physically for our faith. You know, I, there are places where this happened and it's, it's horrible when it has, but we have freedom of religion here. We can, we can worship freely. Like we don't have to worry about going to church. But what's gonna to happen to us? Like I said, there's always the offhanded things that are awful that happen, but for the most part, it's really safe to be able to go to your church. What I realized in that moment, coach, was that my gosh, I did have a limit. In that, like if if I had, I didn't in that moment I wasn't sure that I would hang on a cross upside down like Peter would for Jesus. And it broke my heart. And at the end of my tears, I said, God, I don't think I'm there, but just start, start building me. Like I want to know you in such a way that I would die for you. And even if that day never comes, like, I want, I, I want the opposite of what I have right now, which is a resistance to that. You know, I think you got to be really honest with yourself and ask yourself, why do you follow him? Do you follow him for what he does for you? Or do you follow him for what he did for you through Jesus? And then come what may, I'm just thankful for that. Because I think when push comes to shove, if we're really honest, we follow him for what he's going to do futuristically, not for what he already did.
0: I think you got to ask, why are we following him in the first place? Mm-hmm. In the name of Jesus, may you become selfless. May you perhaps for the first time in your life go all in with him without any expectation of what he can do for you. Just give your life to him. Follow him. And if he calls you into hard places to train you for war, if Psalm one is the story of your life, well, then just... Do it with a smile on your face. Before I close, the Father showed me a picture. If you read the Fox's Book of Martyrs, in that book, there's early Christians as Nero unleashed dogs to eat them at stakes while they were burning. There's lots of early church stories. They would sing, and they would smile and laugh as they were dying. Maybe Rick Warren was right. He wrote the book that has sold more copies than any book in the world minus the Bible, chapter 1. Well, it's not about you. It's not about me. Go in peace.
1: You've been listening to Coach and Joe. For more information and additional content, please visit bridgewaynetwork.org.